0: Welcome back to the Happy Hippie Podcast. My name is Man McCormick. I am your host. This podcast, we explore all the different areas in your life that you can add more happiness into your life, whether that's your health, your mindset. We're going to be talking a little bit about fitness today, so that's going to be the topic we dive into. I'm a personal trainer, I'm a nutrition coach, and I'm also a Girls Gone Strong Certified Women's Coaching Specialist. That is a mouthful. Sometimes I just like type it out in abbreviation. I'm like, I don't even care if people even know what the abbreviation is because it's so niche. But it's a long name to say every time. (laughs) But I've been, I've been active in like fitness since I was like 14. So I don't want to do the math. 12 years. um, I got into fitness for basically disliking myself when I was a teenager and my mindset has 100% switched from that over the years so I've gone through the mentality of going into it where you don't like how you are and that really affects I feel how you actually work out in the gym like your intention behind it and how you view it and everything so Because of that, and then going through my journey of being like a cardio bunny, like I ran track for my school, like I did cross country and I was training for that, moving into being obsessed with losing weight at one point, then moving into being obsessed with bodybuilding and I was like eating all these macros and like then finding that balance in between and then kind of learning how exercise is not a punishment, but something that I actually enjoy doing and how I kind of switch into the mindset and all of that stuff. Those are my credentials. (laughs) So not only like the certifications, but actually going through that crazy journey of going through the ups and downs, spending years in different areas and such. So I'm gonna talk about what I wish I knew when I started going to the gym. So I'll be going into some cool stuff in this episode. I'm actually really excited to be doing this. Um, I don't know how many bullet points I have. I have a few of them, but we are gonna be talking about a lot of things that should be answering some of your questions because again, I went through 12 years, man. Why would I want you to go through 12 years? when I can help you out within this episode so you don't have to make the mistakes that I made. That's kind of like what I like to say for the reasoning I became a trainer and why I kind of post what I do. It's like I went through those things. I spent years focusing on the wrong things and I also spent years focusing on things with a mindset that just was not good and not like mentally healthy for myself. So I'm going to share with you the things I wish I knew when I started fitness, whether it be literally how to program a workout, we're going to be talking about it, the difference between the types of workouts. So we'll be going into Stuff that you're going to do in a gym, I'll talk a little bit about fitness classes, um, but mostly walking into the gym and being, I want you to listen to this episode and be able to walk into the gym and know 100% like, what you're going to do. Um, I want this to be a really cool tool that you can return return to, or if you want to take notes or anything like that. But again, you're, you're going to be able to walk into the gym, you're going to know how to program a workout, how to eat, how what, what indicates a workout, like warming up, kind of like stretching afterwards. We're going to talk about all of it that the science behind things, it won't be too nerdy, but it'll be nerdy enough that you'll actually know what you're doing and look cool too. So very excited for this episode. um Not to plug myself, but to plug myself as well. I am a trainer, so if you do need help with any of these things, feel free to shoot me a message on my Instagram, which is happy holistic hippie I do coaching. I have different types of packages. We can do nutrition coaching, just nutrition, if you feel like that's an area you need help with, or we can just talk about how to really hone in on making a program personalized for yourself. And then I also do a bundle where we do not only fitness, but nutrition. And when you're doing it with me, you're doing it from like a holistic standpoint. So there's tons of different resources we go into as well. We talk about hormonal health. We talk about um, mental health and just like looking at things from a perspective of like, I'm not forcing you to go to the gym and like restrict yourself on a diet. Like we're making this, a. it's like one of these businesses where like, unfortunately for me, I don't want you to have me as your coach forever. Like the point is to give you the tools so that you can actually go about your day and just know how to do things in the future. So I work with you so you understand things and then in the future, you won't need me. Like you don't need me to hold your hand the entire time. You're gonna have these tools for you and you're gonna look at things from a lens of like literally self-love, like you're doing these things for yourself in a good way. And yeah, so that's another thing. We'll talk about more about my services at the end of the episode. But again, we're gonna get into what I wish I knew when I started going to the gym. So... I don't know, get your, get your gym girl drink, whether it be an energy drink or something or some BCAAs or whatever you got on deck. My first point is before we even step foot in the gym, there's two things that I think are very important. Most people think about having a goal or a plan or you're following exercise and you're doing it. And I've worked in a lot of gyms over the years and I've noticed this mentality when we used to have clients come in for classes and things, kind of forcing themselves to do something because that's the only way to do it. So I don't love that mindset because it's not totally true. There's two elements you need to look at when you're stepping into the gym, knowing your goals, because if you have a goal, yes, there's going to be some sort of way that's backed by science because exercise science works for in a certain reason. Um, so if you want to gain muscle, there will be certain things that are going to you know, help you get that when you plan it out and execute it the right way, have the right type of load and training and progression. That's how you're going to get those results mixed again with things that happen outside of the gym. That's true. But if you're doing things that you hate all the time, maybe taking a step back and looking at what you're doing in the gym, I have like a personal story that will relate to this better, but you don't have to totally have a workout plan that you hate. You can have an element of, yes, I have these goals, but also think about what you enjoy. Maybe there's a type of exercise that you like, literally love. You like to do it. It could be once a week, a few times a week, whatever, but just knowing that you can kind of mix them together. So for me, for example, I used to work out like seven days a week when I was younger. Cause I thought we'll talk about that later, <laughs> the timing and like what you actually need when it comes to exercise. But I used to work out seven days a week, which hint is not the best thing for you to be doing like high intensity exercise every single day. Um, but I thought I had to, because I thought again, that was kind of what I needed for the results I wanted. And in my head, I like, I'm trying to think when I was like, like end of high school, I wanted to gain muscle, but I also wanted to lose weight at the same time. Cause my goals were very like, negative like I was doing it because I needed to like kind of shrink myself that was my intention so my goals were like push myself for seven days straight I was doing some hit exercises that I hated like I was doing these things that I did not like a few times a week not for the entire workout but when I was doing my like intense hit I was doing these exercises that I just did not enjoy but I was doing it because I thought I needed to finding a mix between what you enjoy and what's going to work is going to benefit you so much longer because you want to do this for the long run. You don't want to be doing things like a diet plan where you're doing stuff very short term. And then you're going to like give it up in the future. Like you want things to be sustainable and what's going to be sustainable. Yes. Something that works, but also something that you enjoy. So where I'm at now is like I do prioritize my weight training because my resistance training is going to give me the results I want because I want to keep my muscles. That's like an intention. I like enjoy lifting and I like the muscular strength and I like the functionality that it gives me in day to day. So that's like a reasoning why I do weight training and that's scientific and it makes sense. I do hot yoga as well as kind of I actually do it kind of as like my cardio and my movement But I also do it because I just enjoy it. Like mentally, I like the challenge of progressing in it. And that's a whole nother field. But I do that instead of doing all the crazy HIIT workouts I was doing, filling in the gaps of the days I wasn't weightlifting when I was younger. I put in a type of movement that I enjoy, you know, sometimes I'll take a restorative class there just for like mental like feeling and stuff, but it doesn't have to do with my resistance training goals, but I enjoy it. And that might be the same with you if you enjoy like a Pilates class or like a Bari class or something like that that you want to add in, or maybe like a Zumba class or a dance workout. It's cool to add those into your routine and explore what you enjoy doing, even if it doesn't add into your goal. Like just think about how you like to move your body. Maybe certain walks or runs around a scenic park is something you enjoy, but your goal is to lift. Like you can still work in a program where you're doing the science-based work to get those results, but also doing things that you enjoy. And I think that's the best way to make exercise sustainable, I have found. Um, Again, moving your body or even exploring different ways to move your body, maybe trying some things out and just seeing what you like and what you're more attuned to. And I noticed I also go through phases. Like I did really love F45 for a bit, but I was working for them. And I got the classes for free, so maybe maybe that had a little bit of persuasion. But I do, I do, like, I like F 45. But I like it for, like, the, um, the functionality and the fun, but it didn't really match my goals. So, but I was still doing it because I enjoyed it, you know? Like, I was still making sure I was getting in the days of the week where I needed to, doing the proper exercise training for my goals. But I would sprinkle in, like, one of those workouts every now and then because I thoroughly enjoyed it. And it was a great way to move your body. And I don't think there's any wrong way, to move your body or demonizing a type of workout. So, just take that before we go into all of the other stuff is like a nice formula of your goals plus what you like to do is just going to make you the happiest. Um I had one client too who she loved rock climbing. So when I would do her programming, we would leave days out where she was going to do rock climbing. So I would program 2 days off of like upper, I was actually like kind of doing it a little bit based on her upper body, but we were still training upper body in the gym because there is a difference. But, um, I was like making room in her week for her to do her rock climbing as like a form of movement, which I thought was like so fun. And then we were also working on her weight training because that's what she wanted to do. So doing something like that is going to make you happier in the long run, having a goal and doing things that you actually enjoy is definitely the best combination. I'm going to skim the topic for the next one of cardio versus weights, just to like kind of talk about some preconceived notions about cardio and weight training and like what it is. Because when I was younger and when I started working out, I thought a hundred percent the wrong things, which is actually so normal because the way that exercise and how exercise works is portrayed to you since you're a kid. Like growing up, like jokes on Disney Channel about exercise, moving up to magazines and movies and what's portrayed is like so wrong. And it's especially as women, it's pushed on you more. So right off the bat, like people think doing a lot of exercise all the time is gonna help you be in shape. Or a lot of the time, exercise is associated with losing weight. So I'm just gonna say that for like these examples, because this is like all you saw when you were growing up. Like running, like running is always shown as a way to like lose weight, is like run, sweat, sprint, like do a lot of heavy work, you know? Hitting the gym, doing long hours in the gym, eating less food, less food, more exercise, That's always how it's portrayed. I, hold on. Did you guys hear that? I actually burped into the mic. I can't, (laughs) should I cut that? That was horrible. No, I'm going to keep it in. I'm drinking a kombucha, you guys. That's why that happened. But I'm going to keep it in because that's what Brittany Burski would want. So (laughs) back to the topic. Growing up and even like today, I say growing up because I feel like it's what I consumed when I'm younger and then I educated myself on it. So I don't, I see past it now, but I think it's still being pushed in a way. Um, the whole idea again of like almost like starving yourself and then excessive, excessive exercise is what's going to make you like have a dream body. And that lifting weights is going to make you bulky if you're a woman. Like, you know, all those, those things you always, I always have to work against it in my career of working in and out of gyms. My first gym job ever, which was, it wasn't the worst, but even to this day, I still experience this problem people don't take me seriously because I'm like a young girl and I'm like a tiny little blonde girl. So when I would work at gyms at like 21, like I, I literally have been lifting for like five years at that point And I certified like in three different things and people would not take me seriously, but it's not like a personal thing. It's because people's preconceived notions of what fitness is, is so strong from media and all these things you're surrounded with that, um, I would tell people like, like they would want something like, uh, I'm trying to like the topics of like toning and sculpting and how literally they thought like they needed to do a lot of cardio and a lot of excessive like sweating and hard intensity movements and then eat less and that's how they're gonna get like I'm doing like you know when you suck your cheeks in you know do like ASMR um you know like that's how you get like snatched but it's not true and that it was just so hard especially when like moms would come in because like it's like cemented in their head like when you're I don't know. I'm not trying to be like ageist or anything, but I'm just saying like, when you're over like, you know, like, like a 55 year old mom would come in and I'm from New York. So they would have like this like Italian accent, you know, like Long Island, Italian type accent and like come into the gym and they'd be bragging about how like they only eat like they only ate a salad today and that they're doing like a double workout. And I would have to be like, girl, no, no, this is not good. This is not actually how you do that. And then I would explain it. I would explain cardio, I'd explain weights, I'd explain that you need food to, as fuel, and they would look at me like I was a dumb little girl. And I was like, "Oh." So that was a constant theme. And then if I'd ever explain anything to a man, whoo. 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 It's going one one ear out the other. Sometimes they would just like keep looking forward when I was talking to. Oh my god, we don't have to go down that route, but like ugh. So I dedicate this episode to them to the lost souls who would never listen to me in the gym shout out to you middle-aged women from westchester county miss y'all but we're gonna talk about what actually the quick difference between weight training and cardio is and it's like the beautiful thing is all these preconceived notions are like wrong like all the stuff that sounds dreadful about them like starving yourself not even just starving yourself, but like eating really low restrictive calories and eating like leaves and avoiding foods you enjoy is you don't need to do that. That's the beauty of it. Like that's actually wrong. Like you need to look at food as fuel for your exercise and long, lengthy, sweaty, crazy workouts aren't the only answer. There's a lot of different ways that you can like reach your physical goals if that's something that you have in mind. And again, learning to reframe the mindset as exercise is something you get to do and something that's enjoyable. You can, you can have goals. There's nothing wrong with having goals. But kind of adding that in there like makes you just feel so much better about the whole topic. So if they would listen to me, <laughs> they'd find out that it's actually so much more enjoyable than they think it is. So quick difference. Cardio, it's short for cardiovascular, is a form of aerobic activity. So aerobic activity is like the energy system that you're using in your body. There's like two main different types. So basically like, well, there's there's more, but weight training uses a different energy system. So that's why it's a totally different thing, but it basically gets your heart rate up. So elevating your heart rate for like a prolonged period of time, that's considered cardio. So that could be what you think it is in your head, you know, jogging, running, stair climber. There are types of different types of like cardio trainings. Like I've been saying, HIT, high intensity interval training is going to be when you're kind of going in between like Oh my gosh, this kombucha was like a horrible idea. I'm like holding down the little burps. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> but hit training is when you're doing like high intensity intervals and then you stop for either like low intensity intervals or a break. So for example, it would be like 30 seconds of like really hard work and then you take a 15 second breather and then you do 30 seconds of really hard work with a breather or you like jog in place or something. That's basically what hit is. Although from working in different hit gyms, it's actually the best, if you, if you enjoy hit. fun fact, um, we used to have people that would like jog in between sets, like you'd have a few seconds off, like your body actually needs that time to recover. So if you stay moving during the intervals off, it actually defeats the purpose. So do the breaks, like girl, do the breaks. They're there for a reason, enjoy them, even if they're 10 seconds. But you know, a 10 second break feels long and short when you're in a hit workout. The other type of cardio is called LISTS, so it's low intensity steady state. Walking on a treadmill for a pro, it's basically walking or doing anything for a prolonged period of time at a lower level because physically you're not going to be able to bust out burpees like for an hour. So think about what you can sustainably do for an hour for cardio, that's going to be LISTS. So doing a stair climber or just like walking or swimming laps or like that type of thing. So those are the two different types. Cardio is great. I do it for so many other benefits than it's always associated with weight loss, but it's great for your energy. Like it increases your energy like throughout the day. It's great for your heart health. It helps your brain. It overall helps to lower blood pressure. So it is always recommended. You'll notice by like doctors and things like that because types of cardio does help with anything related to the heart and the blood. So it's a great, it's great for the body. It is. So I don't, I'm not against cardio, but weight training has a lot of benefits that I think people associate with cardio, but you can actually find them in weight training. So weight training, strength training, resistance training, all the same thing. The word hypertrophy, if you ever heard that, all the same thing. So basically what that is, is engaging your muscles or like working your muscles in a way against a load or a resistance, which can be a weight. It can be a machine. It could be a band technically it can be your body weight because of gravity, but it's working against some sort of resistance to boost your muscular endurance, power, and strength. So hypertrophy is going to be the word that I said. It's a type of training. Like when people do say the word hypertrophy, but it actually literally means like your muscles getting bigger, like your muscles growing. The term is hypertrophy. Um, that's like my niche. So I'm going to be talking a little bit about weight training today. If you have any questions about weight training, They'll probably be answered in this episode, um, but again, there's benefits in both cardio and strength training. But it depends again what your goals are, and that's why, again, not to plug myself, but working with like a coach to figure out like how your goals align up with exercise and what you want is always awesome. But again, if you enjoy running or cardio or hit, like put that in your program. But just know like if you want your muscles to grow. That's going to be resistance training. If you want to lose weight, it's not going to be automatically like add cardio in there. There's different things, different factors with nutrition and outside the gym that add into that. So don't fall into the trap of thinking that like you have to do cardio during the week to like lose fat or weight or whatever you're hearing it's not always true so diving into that topic if you ever want I could do an episode all about it I don't want to talk about it forever because I have some really great points I want to get to but it is a really interesting topic and maybe it takes some weight off your shoulders and like a sigh of relief knowing that you don't have to like punch in hours of cardio for like weight loss because it's not always true. Okay. On to my favorite points. The first two were kind of a little bit long, but these are like my absolute favorite. These are things I would like, if I had five minutes to talk to you about exercise and the gym and how to do everything, these are the points I would love to talk about. So we're going to talk about how to program a workout, um, the concept of progressive overload and like why you kind of need structure when you go to the gym and breaking down compound and accessory movements. So we're going to talk about it. This is like what I do with clients, but I'm just going to kind of give you a crash course on it. Um, But it's like the best information because I know a lot of times you can go on Instagram and you can see people doing like Instagram workouts or you know what exercises like target certain muscles, but you don't exactly know like the rep ranges to do or you don't know like how to put them in a workout. And there's some really cool... Information that I'm going to explain that might help you when you go into the gym. So, first off, I'm going to be talking about weightlifting. I just want to clarify that like most of this is not going to be like a Pilates type thing or cardio workout, but I'm going to be explaining like breaking down going into the gym, how to use machines, how to use free weights, and all of that. So, programming a workout. Now, you have to look at things like how you would look at a calendar in a sense, like you have a day. In a calendar, you have a week in a calendar, and you have a month. So you want to look at your programming in that kind of sense, knowing how many times you're going a week is. It also aligns up with your lifestyle. So you have to be realistic, looking at your lifestyle. How many times are you going to get into the gym a week? Usually, when I start with clients, they're going to be like, "I want to go five or six days," and then realistically, as we start working together, or I start asking them more questions four times a week is probably the best they could do, maybe, or three times a week. And those are totally fine. There's actually no right or wrong way because once you find out how many times you're gonna go a week that's how you can plan to get the total volume in. So the volume of your exercises that you can, you can like do the same amount of volume over five days split as a three day split, if you program it kind of the right way. So just thinking realistically, how many times are you actually going to go to the gym and do this type of weight training? I would say like most of the time, three to five days is like the cool zone. <laughs> maybe you go six days, maybe you go two days, but like realistically, you don't actually have to go. I love to do, like when I'm in my quote unquote prime having two days off minimum minimum is what you need when you're doing weight training because that stuff is like heavy duty y'all like you're gonna be lifting these weights the progress happens when you recover which we'll talk about so when you lift weights like you're not actually like your muscles don't grow instantly when you do a rep or something your muscles are gonna be growing in your recovery which has to do with how you eat how you stretch and how you literally rest and don't use them that's when it happens. So that's why you need those days off. So seven days a week, we're not doing that, okay? We're not lifting seven days a week. (laughs) Maybe you can do six, but like, I don't even love doing six. I think five is like the best that you should be doing and then lower. So that's based on my experience personally and working with other people. And realistically again, how it's gonna work for you. So looking at it again from like the week perspective of how many days you're gonna go, then you can split it up. So now splitting up your exercise, exercises again depends. So if you can only get into the gym two to three days a week, I would recommend if you were like my client, I would be saying, let's do more of a full body split, you know, because you're going to be getting the same amount of reps in, those two days that you would be getting usually if you're doing five days a week because if you have five days a week it makes sense that you can break up your workout days so you can maybe do upper body twice lower body three times or let, let's say that's your goal is if you want a stronger lower body I would suggest like lower body three times upper body twice four days a week we do two upper body two lower body or maybe we even split it up based on what we're doing you know but you don't have that luxury when you're doing two or three days a week So how would you break it up? I'd recommend like full body. So that's an example of how I would like look at a program and kind of work with you to build that. So maybe if you wanna like audit yourself and think realistically, how many times a week am I gonna be able to get into the gym? What are my goals? I wanna work my full body. That should be the answer. (laughs) There shouldn't be like, oh, I just want legs. Like you should be doing upper body like if you're training your body because you need upper body muscles to hold the weights that you're gonna wanna use for lower body muscles. Also, it's very functional to be doing that. So looking at it like that would be my first step of advice. Now let's look at the days. Let's break it down a little further. So, however your mind's eye is perceiving this, we're gonna go into the individual workouts and I'm gonna explain the order of why I put certain things in a certain way and why it works. When you go into the gym, you're going to have the most energy at the beginning of a workout than you will on your second to last exercise, you know, because your muscles are going to slowly kind of fatigue as you move through your list of exercises. So with that being said, no matter what you're doing when it comes to resistance training, you're going to want to start with the bigger movements, like the movements that are going to use the most amount of muscle groups. There's kind of a word, there is a word, (laughs) there's a word for these types of exercises. And then we're going to work down to almost like, isolating to smaller muscles. The bigger the exercises that are going to contain more muscle groups are called compound movements. So these are exercises that use more than one muscle. A bicep curl is not a compound movement because all you're really using, I mean yes, you're always going to be using like little muscles, but mostly you're using your bicep. Your forearm works in it a little bit, but you're basically using your bicep for a bicep curl. The difference between a bicep curl and like a compound movement Let's say, let's analyze a squat. A squat is a compound movement, like a barbell squat or holding a big dumbbell and doing squats. You're using so many different muscles when you do that. So you're using your everything in the lower body but you're also using your core you're using your lats and your back to kind of brace and hold on you're using everything down from your ankles to your calves to your thighs to your glutes to all the muscles that make up your glutes the inner outer thighs like everything down there you know your knees are being used even though they're not muscles like you're using like everything to hold up this weight and resist against it so since you have the most energy at the beginning of a workout a movement like a compound movement is what you want to start the workout with more examples of compound movements would be deadlifts like big deadlifts deadlift variations um even hip thrusts like I'll explain why I put them in the compound movement category. Like you are using your glutes, but your glutes are also like the biggest muscle in your body. And they're going to be used. Like you want to like the biggest muscles and the biggest movements you want to put them first. Cause that's when we have the most energy. So like, just think about it like that. Uh, shoulder presses, like military presses where you're using your shoulders, but you're also using like your core to stabilize bench pressing the main big big three. Compound movements are going to be like a bench, chest press, squat, and a deadlift. Any type of variation of those where you're like loading pretty heavy with the weight, they're going to be compound movements. So you're always going to want to start your workout with the exercises that A, you're using the most muscle groups, and then B, you're going to be using more weight on those muscle groups than you would be, again, like a bicep curl or a calf raise, which would be considered something you do towards the end of your workout. Those are called accessory movements. We'll go into that in just one moment. Just I wanted to give you the name. So again, compound movements are gonna be the movements that have the most muscle groups involved. You're gonna be able to kind of push the most amount of weight with them, and you're gonna use them early on in the workout because you have the most energy. You don't wanna be doing tons of, bicep curls, tricep dips, um, like lateral raises, or you don't want to be doing tons of like, like lunge movements or like single leg deadlifts. And then at the end of your workout or like towards the end of your workout, be like, all right, (laughs) we're going to bench press or we're going to go deadlift because your muscles are going to be tired and fatigued. You may not be able to push the same amount of weight, but you're also more susceptible to injury that way. So just thinking about using the bigger muscle groups in your body, which I don't know if it's total, it is kind of true. The bigger muscle groups that like literally look bigger that you're using, <laughs> just try to use them first if you want to think about it that way. Um, so depending on again on how you're breaking down your days, if you're looking at it from a full body stance, you're going to want to do like your bigger deadlifts and squats earlier on in the workout. If you're doing a lower body day, same thing, deadlift, squats kind of earlier on. When I'm doing like upper body day, for example, I'm going to be doing like my pull-ups because your pull-ups use a lot of muscles like, Different muscles in your body to get you up there. Um, any sort of heavy press, chest press, um, back, like inc- like incline rows or like inverted rows or anything where like bent over barbell rows. Rows, yeah, you're using your back, but you're using tons of muscles. So if I'm doing a back day, I'm going to start with like rows and like um, pull ups, something along that line. And then we'll start to work down to the next steps, like moving down the list. So let's stick with the topic of like back. Um, I'm gonna move into maybe start doing like lat pull downs or something like that afterwards. Or if I did chest press, maybe afterwards I do shoulder press because next step I wanna kinda use my shoulders because you know those big boys, <laughs> you wanna use them. And then you wanna start moving into like, okay, now we're gonna do some lateral raises or I'm gonna move over to the cables. I know I'm jumping around with like tons of different examples. Um, let's go back to a leg day example to explain. So for like a leg day, I would, and I want to further go on for legs. I want to say one thing here. So not all the time, but when you think about it, your glutes, you want to like, you can move your body in two different. No, I don't want to confuse anybody with what I'm going to say here. You can move your muscles in different directions. So for example, when you train your back, there's a lot of different ways you can train your back so like you can do like the low rows and then like a lat pull down they're like different types of movements so you want to make sure you're like hitting all the different ways like your back can move in a workout that's another element to add on top I don't want to like dive too much into that but I'm gonna dive a little bit into it so you can understand my examples. So when you work your legs, let's say I'm doing like a glute day. (laughs) I'm gonna be doing glutes and hamstrings usually when I do like something that's focused on that. And it's gonna be like hip thrust will be in there. We'll be doing deadlift variations because your glutes are used in your deadlifts. Think about when you do a deadlift. You're kind of lengthening and stretching your hamstrings and the glutes. So you're using your glutes in what's called like the lengthened position. Same thing with the hamstrings, they're going to be lengthened. Now, the glutes and the hamstrings can actually move in another way, which is a shortened position. So when you're doing a leg curl, which is kind of like a bicep curl for your thigh, that's going to be when you're using your hamstring in the shortened position. So for the same thing with your glute muscle, think about like visual, literally visualize about <laughs> a butt cheek. When you're doing a RDL or a deadlift variation with your glute, again, it's going to be in the lengthened position. But when you're doing a hip thrust and you're squeezing your butt and you're kind of thrusting it forward, it's going to get like. Rounder, And that's going to be the shortened position. So you can even like do it in your chair right now. Like if you hinge forward, you're lengthening. And then when you kind of like push your hips up, you're using it in the shortened position. When you work your glutes, your glutes actually use there's like a lot of studies on this. I wish I pulled them in for this episode, but like Google it. You can find a lot of cool information on this, but your glutes use like more energy in the shortened position. So sometimes when you're working with glute workouts, putting like hip thrust before a deadlift variation may be more effective for your glutes. If you're trying to kind of like tire out your glutes and use them throughout your workout, because, um, when they're in that shortened position, they're going to be like using the max. So I'll usually start with, like, a shortened position movement and then move on to a lengthening position movement. Um, I hope that wasn't confusing because I know this is, like, a podcast. It's not, like, a visual thing. But that's just how I think. I hope that clicked. So, again, going back to the the idea of programming your days, you're going to want to start with the bigger muscle groups first. So... I kind of walked you through it. I'll give you a push example too. So let's say you're working shoulders and chest. You're going to start with, and this is just a total example. This isn't like a follow guide, but an example would be some sort of chest press movement. So let's say today you're doing dumbbell press, right? Then you're going to go into maybe shoulder, like a shoulder press. And then you can move into, like... I'm making it up on the spot. That's why I'm like just trying to give you like accurate information. Um, I'd probably move on to maybe like a machine or two or move on to like two cables and then end with like a very short exercise, like an accessory movement. So an accessory movement example would be lateral raises. A lot of cable work is going to be accessory movement. Not all, but a lot of it. So you can do like push downs, like tricep push downs. You're kind of isolating one muscle. Um, you can do like lat push downs where you're taking the bar and like pushing it down not not pulling it down but like pushing it down um there's like tons of different things here I'm trying to like Come coming off from the top of the head, like single leg, like pulsing things, like any type of glute kickbacks. If you see anybody doing glute kickbacks on a cable, that's something you do at the end of a workout. You're going to start with the compounds and you're going to work your way down into the accessory movements. Now, less is more when it comes to strain training. You don't need to be doing a hundred exercises in a program. Sometimes even just doing four exercises is like good enough. Trust me. But like six to eight, is probably like the range of exercises that should be on your list for what you're hitting in the gym. You don't need a hundred exercises because again, at the end of the day, it has to do with the total volume. So if you're breaking up your workouts during the week, like, and you're doing these rep ranges over the week, that'll compound into what you're doing for the month. And then you're hitting those reps. So you don't need to be doing a hundred different exercises in a workout. Let's move on to the next. It has to do with this. Let's build on to this. You do not need to be spending like hours in the gym either. I remember, I don't know why this impacted me so much because I promise they don't usually impact me this much, but I remember hearing that like Khloe Kardashian did like two hours in the gym when I was like 19 and I literally my workouts during my sophomore year of college were two hours long because I had the time because like I was in college so it was like some days I had like the big gaps between classes and I would do an hour of weight training and then an hour of cardio or vice versa because I didn't know which was better and like when and the timing and all that and I would literally be in the gym for two hours and then like sometimes I would like sit in the sauna like girl go home <laughs> I was there for like a, like I put on a shift like at that point you don't need to be well, I don't think anyone else is doing that. But you get my example. Like you don't need to be in the gym for like a long, long time. Sometimes I enjoy taking my time, like on a nice Saturday when I'm not doing anything and I go to the gym and I have like my headphones on, I will like make like take my time because resting between sets is important. Um, (laughs) me saying that and just like sitting there on my phone, but you know, like resting between sets is important. You need to be having like a minute, like a minute and a half off sometimes between like exercises or sets, depending on what you're doing. Um, and like stretching it out is nice. You know, you can do like a longer session, but you don't need to, like you can get a workout done under an hour. Trust me. There's been days in the past where like, I've been like, oh, I definitely don't have enough time. Like you do have enough time Like you can easily do it. I promise you, you can work around it. Days where I'm like in a rush and I have like big, heavy barbell exercises, like I can change them up if I want to, as long as I'm kind of hitting the same movements in in the same kind of way. Um, But you have time. You do. Like the other day, I actually, before I had a shift, I had to go to, I went into the gym literally like... I had an hour from pulling up in the parking lot to when I have to leave. So like, that's not even an hour by the time you get in and like change and stuff. So I finished my workout in 45 minutes. I did a hip thrust machine instead of like setting up. And then I did the Smith machine for my RDLs. And it was just like, great. Cause I didn't have to like wheel out a barbell and like push together like stone wheels and like do all the caveman stuff. And Cause sometimes I'm like dying by the end of like, um, setting up for my deadlifts. So I'm like, Oh, uh, you know, that was a crazy deep voice I just came up with there but you know what I'm saying like you can make it manageable you don't need to be doing a million exercises and you don't need to be spending three hours <laughs> plus the sauna in the gym okay you can do it it's much more manageable than you think because it is the basics that we're doing now what I mean by we're doing the same thing is moving into our next little segment which has to do with progressive overload and why we kind of pick these exercises, we're going to be repeating them. So now we're looking at that calendar view again. We talked about how we're thinking about our week, what we're doing, how many times we're going to go. And then we zoomed in a little bit and talked about what we individually do on a day or what you kind of want to aim for. But now looking at it, like zooming out and looking at your month, you want to make sure that you're kind of working the same muscle groups each week. So we're not doing anything too crazy. We're kind of hitting around the same exercises and This is where we can kind of challenge ourselves with progressive overload. So progressive overload is the concept that to grow your muscles need some sort of resistance, which is what resistance training is. But eventually your muscles will adapt to that resistance. So an example would be a 10 pound weight for bicep curls. So at first when you use a 10 pound weight it may seem a little heavy and we're doing the rep ranges that we have programmed for a certain reason. And then the next week, we're doing the same bicep curls, maybe the rep ranges change or instead of the rep ranges changing, the weight changes or some sort of factor of the resistance because your muscles will adapt. So an example I like to give, I think my, one of my exercise science teachers gave it to me. I actually took exercise science in college, but then separately went to get my certification. But I did take a course when I was in college. It was really interesting. And he compared calluses as like a simple way of showing how your body adapts. So calluses on the body happen when your body realizes, Hey, we're doing this movement a lot. Maybe we should grow stronger in some way, whether that be picking up a weight or using tools at your job, your body starts to develop these calluses because it knows, Hey, this girl keeps picking up the same thing over and over again. And it keeps like, you know, giving the skin a little bit of like a rash or an irritation or like kind of bothering the skin or like literally once you start like deadlifting, <laughs> ripping the skin and it's like maybe we should build up some protection so it, it literally makes thicker skin around the areas that tend to have abrasions fun facts this is not a fun fact at all you're gonna hate this fact when I was in Hawaii like consistently because I I went for like a big stint and I came back and I go go back and forth now but when I was there for like the eight month period back to back and I was walking around barefoot outside my feet (laughs) my feet literally were terrifying because they were so calloused you couldn't tell but like if you accidentally rubbed up against my foot, like, God bless you. That thing was, like, so strong because I was walking on lava rock. Not There's different types of lava rock. Some of it was, like, more intense than others, but, like, I was walking on, like, basic lava rock because I was trying to train my feet like a psycho. And I trained my feet, and they were terrifying. They literally could go through, like, nuclear anything. Like I, I I can't even give you an example. I don't even have time to think of an example because I'm just letting you know my feet adapted, (laughs) adapted to lava. So your muscles are the same thing. Your muscles adapt to the resistance you're putting on it. And that's how they grow because your body's like, Hey, we keep performing this movement. Like, and it's hard. It's, it's really hard to get this weight up. So your body during the recovery period, actually grows like it grows the muscle what you're doing is you're tearing your muscles when you work out like little individual fibers get like a cut basically and then during your recovery which is when you're eating you know you're eating your proteins you're eating your carbs and fats and all of that and you're resting your body like sews it back up but it sews it back up and it's like stronger now You're adding like a layer, you know, like a layer of muscle, like a callus on your muscle. So the next time you do that bicep curl, your body knows this movement because you've been practicing it and it picks up that weight. And it's like, hey, now we're actually strong enough to pick this up because during your recovery process, it used food, it used amino acids to like build up another layer, like a very tiny layer of muscle, like "Eh," and a little bit of strength. So that's like what exercise is. So to consistently grow your muscles, you need to be consistently increasing your resistance as your muscles adapt. Now you can increase your resistance, like I mentioned earlier, by either literally increasing the weight, whether that be moving up a weight on a machine, going a little bit heavier with a weight, but sometimes like you can't pick up that weight. So we play around with our rep scheme. So sometimes that's when you'll see like reps written out and you and now you're instead of doing three times eight, you're pushing it through three times 10. Those two extra reps are gonna train your muscles to go a little bit more this time. And then next week you're gonna be stronger kind of thing. And then maybe then you can change the weight. So that's why we do the rep schemes we do. And that's why we train and go for progressive overload. So if you're moving around from exercise to exercise and you're not consistently hitting the same movement patterns week after week in, in the month or like in, sometimes we'll do like three month splits or like six month splits, whatever. But looking at it from the sense of a month, like those four weeks, you want to be hitting similar muscle groups. So you give your body the chance to adapt and grow and get stronger when you're performing these movements. So that's why doing all sorts of different exercises, like going to the gym without a real plan to build off of is not gonna actually get you stronger, like strength or like physically growing an area of your body, whether it be like lower body, your back, arms, whatever you need to be doing progressive overload to actually get those results. Like that's the science part. So that's why when some people come into the gym and don't have a plan or you're moving around from like cardio type movements to yoga classes to like doing weights and this and that, and you don't actually have some sort of structure, like you may not, like you are moving your body, which is great, but you're not doing the plan to get like the results that you may want. So maybe if you're getting frustrated with weight training, that could be a reason why. Okay. We're kind of wrapping up, I guess. No, we're not. We're not, but I'm on like the last few bullet points. So that's what I mean by that. One bullet point that I have is about kind of how I wish I knew what to eat before and after a workout. I have an episode on this, so I don't want to waste time now. We're going to save that time. Episode 17, it's called optimizing your workout, nutrition strategies before, during, and after your workout. So if you're interested in that, I talk about the science behind what macros are really good to eat before you work out for energy purposes. And literally I give exact strategies for examples of like, oh, I'm working out after work. I'm working out in two hours. I'm working out in the morning. I tell you exactly what to do in that episode, but I really just wanted to mention it because it's true. I wish I knew like, should i eat on an empty st- like should I work out on an empty stomach like what do, like what is going to digest and not make me like lethargic because you know when you like plan to go to the gym and then you like eat something and it makes you kind of like tired and sleepy and you don't really want to go i talk about that in that episode so feel free to give that one a listen it's 17 again it's called optimizing your workout and then a bunch of other stuff <laughs> but it is really important and i'm very happy i learned those strategies over the years to help kind of literally optimize my workout so next up, we are going to talk about warm up, what what to do when you walk into the gym. I'm going to tell you what to do for upper body, lower body, and we'll even cover stretching at the end as well. So warm up is just like the title says, we want to do movements that warm your body up, like physically warm it up. So the type of movement you want to do is called a dynamic movement, dynamic exercise. Growing up, you know, you ever seen the movies and stuff like that when they stretch before they work out? There's a type of there's two types of stretching. Dynamic work dynamic stretches and static stretching. Static stretching is when you're holding movements for a prolonged like period of time, Stretched as like a hamstring stretch where you're like hinging over and stretching your hamstring or like, you know, those shoulder stretches and tricep stretches you see. Those aren't really optimal per se, because when you're holding it there, it's almost like they loosen your muscles up when you're doing static stretches. They kind of like loosen them and lengthen them. And you don't want to be doing that before you're going to be putting tons of load on your body. So doing static stretches before a workout is not great. And actually there are literally studies that, shows static stretching before working out can lead or kind of like add the risk of getting injured because it's not, it's not good to like lengthen your muscles like that before you work them out. So you want to do dynamic stretching, dynamic exercises to warm the body up. I think of three things and you can just keep this in your toolbox before I explain all the real examples, three things when I'm doing a warm-up. I wanna do something that's gonna get my heart rate up. You want your body to have your heart rate up before you move into exercise. So whatever that means for you, if there's something you enjoy doing, um, it doesn't have to be like crazy high intensity, but you wanna warm up your body physically. Next up, you wanna do movements that are gonna mimic the movement patterns you're doing. So on my leg days, if I'm doing like any sort of deadlifts, I have a warm up movement that I'm like hinging forward and I'm kind of moving my body like I would be in a deadlift, if that's a good example. Back days, I do a warm up where I'm almost doing like flies with my arms to kind of warm up the muscles on my back. You want to mimic the movements that you're kind of doing in the workout. The last step, take care of those joints. If I'm working out lower body, I'm doing movements that are going to help open up my hips. Um, Same thing for upper body. I'm going to do things that kind of use my rotator cuff and my shoulders. So warming up the body would be number one to remember. Number two, you want to do stuff that's going to mimic the workout. And number three, take care of your joints. So dynamic exercises, like the exact definition of them, they're going to be moving your muscles and your joints through a large range of motion. Instead of just like hinging over, you're going through a large range of motion. So it's continuous movement that is going to prepare your body for like actual activity. So the reason we're doing it is to enhance your performance by keeping your body warm. And this decreases injury risk. By sending blood flow to your muscles. So it's very important to do dynamic movements. I like to think of it as like stretching where you're like moving. You're never staying still. So if you want to question if a movement is static or dynamic, are you moving in it at all? If not, if you're staying in the same position, that's a static stretch. So research literally shows if you want to look up the examples on these, but Um, The research really shows that like it can improve your performance when you're putting them in your warm-up routine like over time as well And not only does it like stretch the muscles, but it helps with your nervous system Which is also like so cool because everything's really connected. You know me holistic hippie we're going to be talking about other things that don't have to do with what we're talking about in the episode. The nervous system actually is like activated when you're using, um, dynamic movements, but yeah, it's really great. There's so many other benefits. It helps with your joint movement over time. If you want to help your joints, it helps with your balance and it helps with flexibility as well. So dynamic moving movements are what you want to do before a workout. And then after workout is when you do static movements, like hamstring stretches, twist where you lay on your back for a little bit, anything like that. Um, movements, like literally like child pose all of those those are going to be the end of the workout okay we're going to talk about sweat because this is something that like blew my mind when I was younger I always thought about sweat and working out like sweat is an indicator of a good workout you know when you sweat a lot same thing going back to those middle-aged women like they'd be like oh my god I sweat so much like I'm burning calories like I'm sweating out the fat like that's like all of that was always like put in my head when I was younger it doesn't mean anything actually isn't that crazy Let's talk about it because sweat is not an indicator of a good workout like at all. Sweat is individual, which is horrible because I was plagued. I didn't get a fair chance like a fair chance at all, like straight out the womb. Like my dad and my grandma carry around sweat rags. Like they are Irish, like straight, you know, straight Irish and I look like my mom. Like, my mom has Polish jeans, but my dad is, like, literally Irish. And the only thing, like, I look like my mom, but the only thing I got from my dad's side is literally sweat and redness. I used to make a joke, like, all I got from him was, like, literally, (laughs) like, sweat and alcoholism, but I don't drink, so it's funny sometimes to say that joke, but no, for real though, I'd be so sweaty, I'm so sweaty, and sweat is individual, so that's why when you see influencers sometimes, like, are literally lifting, and they have, like, their extensions in, and they look flawless, they were not blessed with the genes of a man from Kevin, like my family was, but... (laughs) it's just like it literally is genetic isn't that horrible like why why but sweat is individual it's not a reflection of how hard you worked out or if you're sweating out anything you're just like losing water basically and it's it's in your geom bio code like isn't that horrible it's not like oh I sweated a lot I burnt calories it just literally means you're warm So some people get warmer quicker due to their genes. So when you're warm inside, you sweat. So you could be doing any sort of movement that gets you warm and you may sweat and other people may not. So it shouldn't be used to evaluate anything, whether it be workout intensity or just like your fitness in general, like, oh, I never sweat. I must not be working hard enough because again, differences in tons of factors. Genetics, one, climate. So people who are working out in Denver, You may have a different sweat reaction when you're in Denver because it's a dry climate versus Miami. So it's a bunch of weird stuff like that, okay? And then also your training techniques. Some people respond to like cardio where they're gonna get a little more sweatier because they're getting warmer quicker. For some people may start to really sweat when they lift weights because that's how their body warms up quicker. God does have favorites, I guess. But it's a byproduct of, like I said, when your body gets warm, which is called thermoregulation. So it does not have a direct effect on fat loss. So that's a myth, just wanted to debunk it real quick. So instead of focusing on, like, how sweaty you were and saying, oh, I had to take a workout because I sweat so much, maybe you can think of some other indicators or try to, like, search for other things. So I'll share some of my faves. Um, Maybe think about how you've learned to move better, like the progress and how you're performing the exercise, like your form has improved, or you can do more than what you were able to do previously. Like that's two different indicators of having progress. And again, this can be used in substitution of maybe weighing yourself on the scale or looking at yourself in the mirror. Like these are cool, tangible things that your body is progressing in your workout. So looking at factors, like how functional you're moving now is so much better than looking at the factors, like how much I sweat, how much do I weigh? How do I look in the mirror? Um, um, because you can be making changes and not know it, but just look about how functional you're being. Or maybe you're understanding more, like you're progressing, knowing that your workout is working for you. My last part, I wanted to talk a little bit about prioritizing your form over lifting heavy. I know that sounds very obvious, but the ego lift is real. Like sometimes your body you'll want to lift more or sometimes I just notice on machines like I'll feel the exercise more if I slow it down and lower the weight and like I will and I feel like maybe a few years ago I would have been like no I always do 50 on this machine I'm gonna keep doing 50 like it's okay sometimes we get in our heads but just knowing like if you feel something more with a lower weight maybe work with it for a little bit like it's totally okay to do that and you should be prioritizing your form over weight like I don't (laughs) I don't want to say it but I'm gonna say it like again working in gyms Um, I've just noticed like sometimes like people will eagle lift like a lot of it's a lot of dudes But women will do it too. And Yeah, just focusing on your form over it. I have three form tips. I want to share real quick at the end focusing on your neck My favorite thing ever was the fact that like I filmed myself one time when I was like 20 And I noticed that I was always looking down in my exercises You may experience like neck pain sometimes or like if your, your spine is your neck, like your neck is part of your spine. And when you want to keep your spine aligned in a movement, when you're squatting, when you're doing hip thrusts, when you're doing lunges, you want to make sure that your spine, your neck is always in the same line that your spine is in. And I noticed myself in my early days, I tend to look down because I was like, I think it, it came from either concentrating where my foot was or just being nervous in the gym. But you always want to keep your neck aligned so maybe that means gazing slightly ahead sometimes when you're doing like rows you don't want to be looking right up in the mirror if you're by a mirror sometimes they can be distracting just before you perform an exercise think about your neck just notice are you looking up are you looking down are you looking to the side like you always want to have your neck aligned in hip thrust you want to tuck your chin in you never want to gaze up with your chin up towards the sky in a hip thrust you want to keep your chin tucked in because that's what's going to keep your neck in the same line that your spine is in when you're doing lunges you want to gaze slightly forward again if you're doing any type of movement like a row kind of gaze slightly forward. You don't want to be looking up at a mirror or looking ahead of you or like looking at your reflection as distracting as it may be. Try to keep the neck aligned with the spine. Another thing is checking um, if you're kind of arching your back. Some of us have an anterior posture tilt, uh, like a pelvis tilt, which means you kind of have that C curve in your back. So sometimes I like to take my fingers, um, like my middle finger, I'll put it on my hip bone and I'll take my thumb and put it on my hip and I'll literally arch my back. Like I'll push my hips out as far as I can so I can see how it feels to have that C curve. And then I'll take those two fingers and kind of like tuck in my tailbone and just make sure it's tucked in. I do it when I walk too, cause I do tend to have like a little bit of an arch. So like I correct my posture, but going into all of your exercises with that tailbone tucked in. And then sometimes think about like, if you have your ribs, sometimes our ribs like are flared out. You want to tuck those ribs in and then check the neck. Like those are the three best things you can do in a lot of different exercises. And sometimes you may be feeling pain in your back or neck. Check to see, is your tailbone tucked in? Do you have your ribs like in like your ribs knitted kind of like your core is engaged and then making sure that your neck is in line with your spine those should be like universal cues that may be able to help you if you want more in that I would love to make like visual content about that like on my page so let me know my last point I'm actually going to turn it into a video I think or another episode of like the cues that I correct on people mostly like over the five years of me working in gyms and with clients like some things I just I automatically expect, like when I would scan the room at F45, like I would look for these things because I knew people might be doing them. Some of them were the neck and core thing I was talking about. Other things are like your RDLs go down too low or like your glute bridge, like how to actually use your core and where to keep your tailbone tucked in. Anyway, I think it's too confusing to talk about on the pod right now, especially because we're almost at an hour. I'm not going to keep you that long. I'll get you out of here. So I may do another episode please let me know your feedback on that. Would you like that more like Instagram content, maybe a YouTube video? I could do an episode on it, but I would plan it out because I want it to be very descriptive so you can understand like my common cues I found myself correcting. But I think that's it for this episode. I can say a hundred more things and build on this so much more. Let me know if you like this fitness content. This is one of my first like real fitness episodes that I'm doing and I loved it. I feel like I was very passionate about it when I was recording without even, I had like no notes, um, and that's kind of cool because sometimes I keep notes for like science and stuff. But this was really easy for me to explain, and I was very happy about that. So, usually, when things light you up, they light you up for a reason. As I always say, to myself i don't know um but thank you so much for listening again happy holistic hippie is my instagram feel free to message me or send me any feedback anything you enjoy ideas whatever i love to hear from you and thank you so much for listening and again check out the instagram because i will be putting up content that has to do with this episode if you want more like visual stuff I'll, i'll clarify some things on there as well so thank you so much for listening and enjoy your day